0: All right, well, good morning.
1: Good morning.
0: hope everybody's doing well. A couple of uh, quick announcements and a thank you card, too. So there's a girls' night out. It's this Friday, February the 25th, 6 o'clock at O'Connor's Irish Pub.
1: (laughs) They're really doing all right.
0: Bev, do you have anything to say? It's a separate meeting
1: room.
0: Separate meeting room. You're not sitting at the bar. It says, join us for a night of food, fun, and fellowship. We'll be enjoying pizza and appetizers in the party room. Feel free to bring a friend or family member. The more the merrier. I think these are in the back, aren't they?
1: Cheers.
0: Cheers. All right, and we have a thank you card. Cody, Bo, and I want to thank you all for the thoughts, prayers, and gracious gifts we have received since the tornado. We have seen God's work in so many ways throughout this process, one way being the amazing people he has blessed us with in our lives. I'm so grateful for our church that will forever feel like home whenever I travel back to Ohio. You're all amazing. And once again, thank you so much. Love With love, Caitlin, Cody, and Bo. We'll post that on the board, too. Alright, so let's see. Tonight, we'll have Sunday night fellowship and then we'll also have a quick business meeting right after that and then next Sunday night we're actually going to have a like a potluck dinner um, we're going to assign a few ladies to run with that and make sure we have some food lined up and then everybody can just bring a covered dish or dessert and uh, looking forward to that always good to eat right uh, and we're basically going to be celebrating paying off the, the facility over there so Patty, how long has that been? 2009. 2009. So that's awesome. Uh, let's see, any other announcements? Oh, women's mentoring today after church?
1: Uh-huh, we have food.
0: Have food? All the women are invited. Men and kids, if you want to stick around, you can get some pizza or something. So let me know. We'll figure that out. All right. I think that's about it, isn't it? If y'all stand, we'll have a verse of a song. place to be. Learned about why I have anxiety in Sunday school class this morning. So. Thanks Ryan, for helping with that. We'll be talking. <laughs> Anybody with a special song this morning? If you've got your Bibles, turn over to the second chapter of Hebrews. And you don't leave a crier without tissue. Somebody took my tissue. <laughs> I had to take a couple from there. <clears throat> so second chapter of Hebrews. So we've been going through this last little bit the the kind of overall theme is Jesus is better. Jesus is superior to anything else out there. Anything, you know, that you're holding on to, Jesus is better. And it's all about him being exalted in all this. And again, this was written to Jewish Christians who had been struggling because of persecution, trials, tribulations. And, you know, they're thinking, well, if Jesus is who he said he is, why are we struggling? Why are we being persecuted? But the author here is telling them, keep the faith, keep running the race, keep going forward, because Jesus ultimately is worth it. And that's really what it all comes down to. So in chapter one, we talked about how Jesus was better than like the Old Testament prophets and and. The Angels was a big big topic um, and and it was because of him being you know the the, the Old Testament prophets usually gave god 's word Jesus was god 's Word, so he was much better than that he was the the Word of God he was heir of all things, creator of all things, you know the seen and unseen he was he, and he maintained it all he was the the reflection of God and the best part is he was the redeemer. Of our sin. And there was no other way. He was that redeemer. And he sits at the right hand of the Father. And then last week we talked about drifting. We talked about the slowly drifting away. Not making God or his word a priority in our lives. And I think every single one of us. If we admit it. Are good at that. And sometimes it happens and you don't even realize it. And how important it is not to neglect that salvation that he offers. I think the word that I was thinking about there is comfortable. I think a lot of times we like to be comfortable. You know, and Ryan, maybe that's that happiness that we talked about. Maybe it's just comfortable, not really joy, but comfortable. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> comfortable. But there's you know, notice if we, if we neglect that salvation, there's no escape. And we also talked about how that salvation should change something. Like there should be, if, if you've been saved, there should be something different about you. God should change you from the inside out. And if you're the same person that you were, if you're doing all the same things that you have been doing all your life, something didn't change. Maybe you didn't get it. But it's important. So we want to continue right there where we left off last week. So we'll read... Starting at the fifth verse, we'll just read through the rest of it. We may not get through it, but we'll read it. We'll be in a few other places today, too. Psalms chapter 8 is another one, if you want to mark that one. All right. For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere, what is man that you are mindful of him, Namely, Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, and bringing many, th- many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying... through fear i can't read it through fear of death we're subject to lifelong slavery for surely it is not angels that he helps but he helps the offspring of abraham therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of god to make propitiation for the sins of the people for because he himself has suffered when tempted he is able to help those who are who are being tempted ooh that was a lot So again, we may not get through all that. We'll maybe touch on a few pieces here and there. But this scripture, like... So the first chapter talked a lot about... It was showing Jesus as God. Like that deity. This chapter is getting more into Jesus' human side. The humanity of, of Jesus. And why that was important. So we'll get into some of that. And also why... Why Jesus being human was necessary for salvation. So, and I think you can read this stuff, and it can be very confusing. And you can like we talked a little bit the other day about just reading through it, and you kind of pass over things. Um, but it's it's kind of plain, really. But I pray that God, you know, re- helps reveal all that this morning. <clears throat> So the, the first verse there, he says, For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It was not to angels that God subjected the world to come. So if it wasn't to angels, who was it? Us. It was us. And that's where a lot of, like I said, chapter 8 of of psalms, a lot of this goes back to that. I think it was verse 4 through 6, but I'm going to read the whole psalm because it's good. This is King David. O Lord, our God, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants you have established strength because of your foes. To still the enemy and the avenger... When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of of your hands. You have put all things under his his feet: all sheep and oxen, and all the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of seas. Our Lord, our God. How majestic is your name in all the earth? Can't you just imagine David kind of just sitting there under the stars, thinking of how great God is, and and you know he, he said this. It's pretty amazing. But you know, if you go back the original, if you go back to Genesis, I believe it was chapter twenty-eight, where the you know we had the creation story. God gave them a few commands. Adam and Eve at that time. What were they? Anybody remember? Don't eat from the tree. That was yeah. Be fruitful and multiply. The earth. Subdue it and have dominion over what? Everything else. The animal. Everything. So that's what a lot of this is coming back to. Because I think when you first read this, you're thinking, immediately you're thinking Jesus, right? But it's really referring back to that. But think about the garden at the time. It was perfect, wasn't it? God saw it and said it was good. And then what happened? The fall. The fall. The fall of man. So we, mankind, appeared to mess it all up. We appeared to mess it all up by sin. Because we wanted to be like God. And because of that sin, every single human born inherited that sin. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. Well, why am I a sinful person? I didn't do anything bad. Watch a couple of little kids fighting over toys and you can see or... How many of us have not lied? How many of us have not cheated? How many of us have not done anything wrong? If If you haven't messed up, maybe you should be up here. Because I've messed up a ton in my life. We all know we're guilty. Every single one of us. But you read that and you're like, well, that messed up God's plan. What was God's plan B? There wasn't a plan B. It was God's plan A the whole time because He knew we were going to mess up. And that sin broke that relationship with God. It broke that relationship. And Adam and Eve got kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And it wasn't perfect anymore. They brought sin into the world. And that's why we see all this chaos that we see. Like I said last week, Satan's loving it. He's loving it. Disease. Death death is a big one. Does anybody like percentages? Who's a percentage person? John? Alright, let me ask you this. Percentage wise. How many sitting here today are going to die? At some point in their life. 100%. 100%. And that's the facts. We have to be prepared. The question is, what's going to happen after that death? What's going to happen? That's the big question that you have to ask yourself. What's going to happen? I'm just thinking of all the natural disasters and the decaying world. It's coming to an end. I don't know exactly when that is. I mean, we could put our heads together and try to. Only God knows. Could be tomorrow, could be in 30 years, could be in. We don't know. But you can see the end coming. Can't you? I can tell you, for me personally, the end is coming. I tried to play basketball a little bit the other night, it didn't go so well. That's why I was gimping getting up here. After I play basketball, I can't walk for about three days. But I can just tell the end is coming at some point. And I have to be prepared, and you have to be prepared. And really, because of our sin, because of the sin that happened in the garden, every single one of us deserve what? Death and hell. Because of that sin. None of us are good. No, not one. None of us deserve heaven. None of us. I like that 8th verse there where it says, At present, we do not yet see everything and subject to Him. I like that verse. We can't see it yet. We can't see it yet, but it's coming. But the thing that we can see in that ninth verse, that we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death.
1: Does
0: anybody I like when the kids you always ask them a question, and the answer is what? Jesus. We can do that, too. If there's a tough question somebody gives you, like, all I know is Jesus. That's all I know. And that's all you need to know is Jesus. The one thing there that, you know, a couple weeks ago we talked about how Jesus was superior to the angels. Well, sometimes you can read this and say, well, wait a minute. That says he was made lower than the angels. Isn't that conflicting? We'll We'll get back to that. Think about that one. We'll get back to it. So all the doom, gloom, sin-cursed world, all the craziness out there, you know, we're, really we can contribute to sin and Satan. But there's an answer. There's an answer, and his name is Jesus. That's what it says right there. Namely Jesus. I thought about John 16 3:16 as I was studying through this the last few days. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but will have eternal life. Eternal life. Again, this this body's coming to an end. It's going to go one of two places. Heaven or hell. There's no in between. Missy, there's no purgatory, right? Sorry. Sorry. I shouldn't went there. Missy's corrupted. She really has. There's no in between. And you see, I think the problem here with what the author was trying to get through their heads is there was a lot of beliefs at this time, and I think we even talked. I think it was the First John that we talked about some of them. They either thought Jesus wasn't God, or that Jesus wasn't truly human. Or that Jesus was an angel. Now, the problem with that is, if Jesus wasn't God, Jesus wasn't truly human, His sacrifice on the cross means nothing. It means nothing. And it means this is all false. Every bit of it is false. He's not our mediator. He's not our high priest. That's what that means. He can't be all those things if he wasn't fully God and fully man at the same time. And it's hard for us to understand. It really is. But that's what the Bible says is the truth. And he had to be fully man to take that sacrifice for us. He had to be. Like I said, it was God's plan all along. He knew it was going to happen. Before the foundation of the world. Christ was as a lamb slain. How can that be a plan B? How can that be plan B? It wasn't. We messed up. We messed up. We'll get to this one at some point. Hebrews 9.22 talks about without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Made me think about all those Old Testament Sacrifices we talked about a few weeks ago. Over and over and over and over to pay for their sins. But it never truly paid for their sins. Mm-hmm. And again, if, if, if Christ didn't come and die and He wasn't who He said He was, every single one of us are still our sins. And we're going straight to hell. Because there's got be to be shed blood for remission of sin. But what's awesome, what's awesome, is Jesus miraculously came to this earth through a young girl that was a virgin. And again, everybody's like, I can't explain that. I can't understand that. God can do anything whenever He wants. But that was the solution for the sin problem. Jesus came to this earth. God came to this earth Lived 33 and a half years without sin, and again, that's another thing that we can't comprehend, because we can't live five minutes without sin. Mm-hmm. But that's the only way that it worked. That's the only way. He lived 33 and a half years without sin. Then then he was betrayed by his friend. He loved him. He was betrayed by him. He was beaten. He was scourged. We've talked about that before. The whip with the ends on it that just stuck into your flesh and pulled it off. He went through all that. The crown of thorns placed on his head. I and mean, can't you imagine him laying there and they're pounding the, ha- the nails in his hand? He did that for us. He did that for us. And what's awesome there where it talks about him... Where am I at here? We're Him tasting death for everyone. You know, a lot of people want to to think that Jesus only tasted death for us, for us Christians, us good people. That's not true. Jesus tasted death for everyone. His hope is that everyone comes to Him except salvation. Hell was never intended for us. It was never intended for us. Jesus made a way. But it's a narrow way. And a lot of people out there thinking there's ten different ways to heaven. There's one. Amen. And that is through the blood of Christ. Through the blood of Christ. He bled and died for you and for me. And then he was buried. When we see people buried, that's pretty much the end, isn't it? Yeah. I've never seen anyone come back alive on shows where they're scaring people and that's really not real but you know what's awesome again on the third day that third appointed morning the angel of the Lord which was a servant again Mm -hmm. rolled that stone away and Jesus came out of that grave Mm -hmm. victorious Mm -hmm. that was the only way That was the only way that we had any hope. Mm -hmm. He was victorious. And it says there were hundreds of people that actually saw him after that. Hundreds of people that witnessed it, that were with him. Was it Thomas who put his fingers in his hands? Mm -hmm. And in his side? It was him. He was alive. Another point to think about We don't have to fear death. It's not the end. If you are a true believer of Christ, it's not the end. It is actually the beginning of eternity. And He's going to put us back where we were supposed to be. (laughs) And we're going to rule with Him forever. Forever. We're going to be over the angels. That's awesome. As a child of God, you're an heir of God. You're joint heirs with Christ who came and died for us. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. It don't get any better than that out there, folks. Mm -hmm. It don't get any better than that. But now, he can be that mediator, he can be that propitiation for our sin debt. He paid it all on the cross. He can be our high priest because he came. He lived as a human. He knows what we're going through. And all this is what separates Christianity from every other religion. Mm -hmm. God came down to us Mm -hmm. to fix the problem that we couldn't fix ourselves. He came down to us. That's amazing. None of us are worthy. None of us are worth it. But he came and died in our place anyway. And as a nine-year-old boy, I really didn't understand that that much, to be honest with you. As I was going through my teenage years, i had done what I wanted, when I wanted to do it. Sin is bad, But again, that's what happens when you start drifting and neglecting what you're supposed to be doing. And making God a priority in your life. But He loved us so much. Can you imagine loving someone that much? you were willing to come and die for? him. Can you imagine that? He loved us so much. And He wanted that relationship with us. I mean, He could have made us loving. But what's that? Like a robot? We have free will to do what we want. That's what a lot of people don't understand. But when you get saved, can't you just be saved in eternity and do whatever you want? It don't work that way. My brother Tony's been teaching. There's an ought to. It changes. Everything changes when you're actually saved and you accept Him and you start living by Him. Everything changes. You don't want to go do the stuff that you did before. You don't want to go be with those people that you were with before. you still got to love them. you still got to show them Christ. That's another point. I was talking to a guy. I don't know. I'm all over the place. You guys are used to it. I was talking to a guy not long ago that told me I'm just going to talk to Christian people anymore. I ain't going to talk to any sinners. I'm like, man, you're missing the boat, dude. You're missing the boat. Because if we're just in here singing kumbaya, we're not doing what God would have us to do. Back there on the wall, loving God, loving Jesus, learning to serve. If we're in here, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. How are you ever going to witness to anyone if you're just talking to Christian people? How are you ever going to witness to anyone if you're just going to a Christian school, if you're just doing this, if you're just doing that. We are to go into the world and teach them about Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean taking my Bible and banging Tony over the head and saying, quit sinning." That means showing love and compassion to everyone we come in contact with. There's a difference. There's a big difference. People are mean and rude. We need to show a little love. Anybody that works with the public, you know exactly what I'm talking about. People are mean and rude. Except around Christmas time for some reason. But you know that that call of God, it's so hard to explain. All I can tell is you how it felt when He called me. Anytime He's ever dealt with me, my heart feels like it's going to pound out of my chest. Legs start shaking. You get nervous. The anxiety behind builds up. You feel like you've got to do something. And that's exactly what it is. He's calling you to do something. He's calling you to accept his salvation. That he did for the whole world. That's what he's calling. And we make it so hard. Pride gets in the way. I'm not going, I do that. I'll do whatever I want. You yeah, know, we talked about joy and happiness in, in class this morning amongst anxiety. Until you really know Jesus, you can't really have joy. You might think you do, but you can't really have joy. There's been so many times that bad things have happened. I'm not happy. But there's still that joy because there's something deeper. There's something bigger than Bob Mills. And it's Jesus. He's better. He's better. He's superior. And so to accept that call, I think, again, we make it so hard. It's just like acknowledging yeah, I'm bad, I've sinned. I've come short of the glory of God. Save me. -hmm. Lord, save me. It's that easy. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to get this self out of the way. It's so hard to get this self out of the way. Boy, I don't know about you guys, but when that is pumping, I don't know how you can turn it away. Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing else that does that. There's nothing else that does that but God. And if that's happening, don't turn them away. Because you're not guaranteed to get that opportunity again. You know, the other thing, I know a lot of times we you know, expect people to come out here and, and bow down and you know, cry out to God and flow tears everywhere. That doesn't have to happen either. This altar is God's altar. Mm-hmm. It's not my altar. It's not your altar. It's God's altar. What this is for is for all of us to come together and love each other and pray and glorify Him. That's what that's for. We've kind of got out of that habit over the years of coming up here. Not a good thing, I don't think. Sorry. Tangent. But this morning, I really want to ask the question. Is God calling to you? Is He calling to your heart? Again, going back to the Scripture... He's better than anything that we know. He's better than any of it. Anything that's out there. And everybody can tell you there's so much that people are trying to fill out there. Drugs, alcohol, sex, everything else. There's so many things out there that everybody's trying to fill that void with. And it does not work. It doesn't work. The only thing that truly works is a relationship with our living Heavenly Father. He's alive. He's not dead like all those other religions. He's not in a grave. He came out of that grave. That is awesome. That is absolutely awesome. And not one of us deserved it. But His grace. I love the word awesome. Can't you tell? His grace is awesome. And He can save you right now. Before you walk out those doors. He can change your life forever. Amen. And that's what I've been praying for the last few weeks. That he would change someone's life. Because I know, without a shadow of doubt, he has calling someone to salvation here this morning. I just know. I've been so struggling with this message this week. Ask Amanda. I've been struggling with it because I know there's someone out there that needs it. It's so hard to tell someone that needs to hear something. Mm -hmm. But God's word is good. Mm -hmm. God is good. You'll never ever regret it. Mm -hmm. No matter what. No matter if your family doesn't believe it. No matter if it it, it doesn't matter. I can't even say it enough. It will change your life forever. Mm -hmm. It is the biggest decision you will ever make in your life. You'll never regret it. I'm going to ask for a verse of a song. If you're here this morning, you need to accept Him. You don't necessarily have to come up here. Just cry out to Him Lord, Save me. I don't deserve it. I'm a sinner. I know He can save you this morning. Because He did me when I was nine years old. He saved me when I was nine years old. And He can save you this morning. Let's all stand and have one verse of a song.